Sports Plus with Baker, Big D, and Joe. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, sir. Good morning, everybody. How we doing? So, Daryl, after the one cataract or the one eye surgery, are you walking around in circles? Or is everything just kind of weirdly blurry on one side? <laughs> you mean like when you paddle in the canoe only on one side? <laughs> yeah, when you have a change in your wallet in one pocket and your no, keys No, actually, all the same it's, it's remarkable. I still get a fuzziness out of the other eye that isn't operated on until Monday. But um, oh, I'm seeing like I've never seen in my life. I've been nearsighted since I was like nine years old. So oh, wow. I, this is like... Uh, this is like revolutionary. I'm telling you, I'm like in a, I'm contemplating things, you know, that I, that I haven't. And I, my attitude is incredibly positive. So, uh, so did you, you think your, your highlight career is maybe back on, you think? <laughs> how about you, Matt? How, how, how old were you when you got glasses? I was in third grade wow. when I first got glasses, I think. Um, I stopped wearing them middle school, high school. Um, and then in college, got a new prescription, realized, oh, wow, these do really help my headaches. <laughs> and uh, so I've been wearing glasses. I tried contacts for a little bit, um, but I have an astigmatism. So it was more irritating than anything else. I got them in fifth grade, which I thought actually was young, but apparently older than either of you two. And then same thing when I was in high school, I I tried to not wear them at least d during sports, but I like, I couldn't see the baseball without them. And even in football, I was a linebacker and usually you, know, you take the signals from the sideline for the defense and I couldn't see coach Pace's fingers from, from the middle of the field. So Ronnie Varis had to take the signals and whisper in my ear. And that's, that's <laughs> the, um, the thing that's been m most amazing for me. So, you know, the one eye is so good that all of a sudden I'll be reaching up to feel my glasses. Cause the only time I've ever seen really well is with glasses or contacts on can't wear contacts anymore anyway. And, um, it's just remarkable. So, you know, hats off to modern science and, um, and facts. Can we talk about some facts today <laughs> or, or what, or is it just going to be urban Meyer and his, um, incredibly unprepared, uh, well, well, wait, a minute, wait a minute. I do want to like, claim credit for something on predicting that uh, white for the jets would be a good quarterback. Okay, great. Great lead into our first topic. Cause we are actually as prepared as we have ever been. Matt <laughs> and I went over our six topics and we both had the same six things written down. So Mike white, let's start there because honestly I was, we were joking in the text thread this week, but man, this guy, he's good. He is a good quarterback. And if anything else we can, I think we can call him a good argument for, having a quarterback sit for the first three years of their career and play on a practice squad. I mean, practice squad experience is more valuable to a quarterback than it is to any other player on the team because they're learning different systems. And for those players who are bouncing from team to team, it's valuable to know different things and be able to, to pick things up quickly. And then I, also there's no pressure. There was no pressure on Mike White. And he legitimately had the best debut of any quarterback in NFL history. You know what makes me personally feel good, good is that, you know, he came in um, on the Patriots drubbing of the Jets and uh, he looked really good. 
And so he, for me, he passed the eye test. And that's sort of why I said last week that, that, you know, and you guys were sort of Josh and me, but that he was going to do a really good job. Well, and he, he got hurt on Thursday night. He whacked his arm against somebody's helmet. So he sat most of the game, but he's supposed to come back next week. But uh, second most passing yards ever by a debut quarterback. The only quarterback ever to throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. The only quarterback to ever complete 75% of his passes and throw for 300 yards. And the two interceptions also, the one he just threw too hard and got deflected. The other one was right on target. The running back didn't turn his head around. The ball literally hit him in the side of the head and got intercepted. So, you know, he had a couple, maybe three or four passes all night that weren't on target in that game. So I'm, I'm the, the, the biggest thing you can say about him is that he's gotten me excited about watching the jets again. And you guys know how excited I've been about watching the jets lately. All right, so let me try to burst your bubble for a second. Here. <laughs> Good God. Because wait. Would you be four minutes? My bubble lasted four minutes. That's, no, no, That's no. good, though. That's good. Because I, I, I'm actually, I don't disagree with what you said, but I re-listened to our show last week just to make sure. And, and Joe, you like we were uh, going back on the text, and you're like, hey, you're going to apologize to Mike White? And I'm like, <laughs> no. But And, and I, I don't. I never said. I don't know who Mike White is. I yeah, never nobody, said, nobody did really. Nobody did. Nobody yeah, yeah. did. Except I had watched him at the end of the Jets game and seen that he and, looked really good. And and I, I we were joking, we I, were joking about him in the, during the preseason that none of us had ever heard of the guy. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I was maybe a little under the weather last week and not as articulate as it was. My point had nothing to do with Zach Wilson or Mike White. My point was about the the um, construction of the roster and the organizational uh, ineptitude, the organizational organizational failure. And I still believe that stronger than I did because if, if Mike White is that good, you wasted, wasted a second round pick on Zach Wilson. Now my point, if you're going with Zach Wilson as your guy, here's, let me try to make this analogy and maybe this would have been better last week, but Social inequalities, right? Social justice. When we're running through the race of life, I think we 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 kind of feel like there are certain people that get a head start. Sure. Right? That doesn't necessarily mean that people can't all finish, but there are certain people that get a head start. Absolutely. My feeling is, as a quarterback, more than any other position in the NFL, you're drafting a quarterback first round he that guy is your franchise you are investing your business not just for one year but for the next five to seven years your success is rested on this guy why wouldn't you put a veteran there that is it necessary no could zach wilson still get to the finish line of his nfl career yes but if he had a veteran leader he gets a 20-yard head start right and Joe, you you were making the point of the assistant coach and all that. And, and yes, if you have a good assistant coach, you're going to coach him. But there's more learning how to deal with social media, learning how to deal with the media in New York City, learning how to navigate as a professional. Mike White didn't have that experience because he had never been a starter in the NFL. He never, he never, he never, he doesn't, he can't give 
again, is it necessary? No. But if you had a leader, a veteran guy who had been there, done that, could be like, hey, Zach, tough game today. This is what you're going to face this week in the media. Here's how you could handle it. Or, hey, advice for this weekend. We just won a big road game here. Like that kind of stuff. Mike White can't bring to the table. That was my point for last week. I don't need to argue whether or not I feel that having that 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 those things come in the form of another veteran quarterback who's going to ride the bench is always the best way to go. But I can tell you that neither you or I knew last week that they have that player in Josh Jacobs, who was already on the practice squad, who has played for like 14 teams in 12 years. Like I'm, he's played for, he's one of these played for everybody players, but he's been around for a really long time. And I think he definitely fits the mold of what you're talking about, which I'm sort of arguing against myself because I maintain that that can be Matt Cavanaugh or that can be, (laughs) that can be, you know, any one of the dozen other. Well, let's hope it's somebody better than Brian Hoyer, but anyway, anyway, Mac Jones has a lot of good things to say about Hoyer. So Matt, you had more. Well, and I was just going to, again, now going back to, and I'm sorry for just, it, you could bash the Giants all you want, and, and <laughs> but now to bash the Jets even more, now it looks like, all right, you've got this Mike White guy here, but, and did you notice who the Jets just recently hired just last week? Zach Wilson's own personal quarterbacks coach. Oh, yeah, I did see that. And so ne- I just, again. Do you like that move? It, it doesn't make sense to me if you had that Matt Cavanaugh. It, 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 now, now you have Mike White in there who actually looks like he could be competent. It's only been a game One and a game, quarter. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think, I think, I think, Matt, you're looking at. Uh, you could look at the Mike, whole Mike White thing from the other side and say. Look at the Jets finding this great institutional bargain and bringing him along properly. Instead, you're looking at it from over here just so you can say it's a failure that they didn't know they had a starting caliber quarterback the whole time. All right, not to bring up the devil, but do you think when Belichick brought Brady in for an injured Drew Bledsoe, he thought this would be the result? You think he thought Brady was this good? No, because if he did, he wouldn't have waited till the sixth round to take him. Agreed. So you can't fault the team for having a find and put the blame on them for not finding him quicker. That's that's a little, you know, that's like if you won the lottery tomorrow, I said, well, you should have won it last week. <laughs> okay, fair, but I... talent evaluation isn't perfect. Brady dropped down, but once he started playing, Belichick, you know, he gave up. They had given um, Bledsoe the biggest contract ever. And they just they let him go. And, and again, we it, it, Mike White has played for a quarter and a half. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, a game and a quarter. Game and a quarter. So I'm not ready to be like the Jets. Still, might not even know. I mean, I, I think it was Keyshawn Johnson who, I, and I, I like his analysis of of quarterback play. He even said, you know, take it for he looked good. I'm not knocking what Mike White did, but. The, he also hasn't faced the defense that game planned against him. Uh, nobody knew who he was. The defensive scheme against him was, hey, if this Mike White guy beats us, let him beat us. And he and he did. And he did. But, you know, so let him go. Let defenses learn, you know, figure him out a little bit and, and try to scheme against him. And then we'll see if he's actually a starting quarterback. And that's the thing, too, right? A backup quarterback 
should be good. It's like a relief pitcher. I could be good for an inning, maybe five outs, you know, two innings. But after that, I lose steam, right? That's a backup quarterback in the NFL. I can win you. I could play two, three games. But now once the defenses start to learn me a little bit, study me, study my habits, uh, see where my strengths and weaknesses are, and they game plan against me, that's the difference between a starting quarterback and a backup quarterback. So, uh, you know, it, Mike White played good for a, a game and a quarter. And uh, I still think the Jets are going to ruin Zach Wilson. Before they, <laughs> that, that's my point. The Jets are going to ruin Mac, uh, Zach Wilson. So who's in a better shape, the Jets or the Giants? Oh, the Jets by, I think by the Jets. far. I think so, yeah. By far. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the quarterbacks, whether it ends up being the long-term solution, ends up being Wilson or White. They're both good. They're both better than Jones. Yeah. And I, the, Matt, you might, you, I don't want to set you off on another 10 minute rant, but um, I, when I look at Mike White, I see 85% of Dan Marino. Like I see that he's got the same, the same the poise, the accuracy, every ball is a perfect spiral and it's dead on, whether it's a, a, a swing pass or a 40 yard post. And I, the only, you know, it's, I say 85% because his, you know, Marino was like superlative, the balls he threw, you know, for Marino's first two years in the league, he had to rein himself back because the receivers couldn't catch the balls that he was throwing. He was throwing the ball too hard. And you see a little of that with, with white too. I mean, I, I, I'm sort of, I'm almost with you on the, how did they sleep on him for so long? Like if he was performing like this in practice, you'd think we would have heard more about him, but I mean, he's only been in the league three years. It used to be that, that you didn't, quarterbacks didn't play for three years and then they debuted and they played well. So, all right, we got, we got a lot more to, to move on to. Uh, should, should we go to the Mannings next? Because <laughs> that's, awesome. I really like that show. It's, it's awesome. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Matt, so you what, take what, the, what is it that Joe doesn't like about him? You think? I learned a lot listening to the Mannings. I don't know that much yeah. about you know. I, I kind of I'm, I'm, go ahead, Joe. Why don't you like oh, that? Broadcast? Well, maybe, or maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's that's what they have to offer. Because honestly, like, I I think they're the two dullest people on the face of the earth. And what what's funny what what stands out is when they've had somebody on. You know, when they have John Stewart or Strahan on, all of a sudden it becomes entertaining. But they just there was there was this one stretch where for like three plays. Eli didn't say anything. He just stared at the screen like, Eli, you're on television. You need to sort of say something. It just is. And I, like, like I said, maybe, maybe it's that the, the football stuff is, you know, it's, it's like knowledge that I, that I already know. So it doesn't register, but I, I, Oh man. There right, were Joe, also I, long stretches where they weren't paying attention to the game. Like at one point, there was like a fourth down sack and a field goal kicked, and they're talking about something just irrelevant to football. I'm like, I just, if I wanted to just like just babble with a couple of fans, I would watch the game with you guys. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. That's what I like about it. I feel like I'm watching the game with them in my living room. And I don't like when I'm watching it. I'm still watching a football game. And if I'm watching a football game with my buddies, I don't talk to them every play either. Like I watch the game. So I kind of, I, I like that. I get what you're saying, Joe, that we're there. 
And sometimes Eli, he does have that silly, like, uh, face. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> the Eli face, right? The Eli Didn't face, the newspapers right? call and, it the Eli Manning like face? That. Yeah. It, it's, I, I like hearing their predictions and, and what they would do. And, and I like seeing their reactions to negative plays. I feel like I'm watching the game with them in my living room where I can, I'm watching the game and it's going on. And then there's some commentary and, and I, that's what I like. So the brief time I listened, they had some, some interesting guests. I'm drawing a blank on who it was, but it was, so it wasn't boring. It was interesting and informative and informative. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't get any information out of it. And it, it just, I don't know. There are a good commentator brings add something to the game that I'm watching. And if I just want to watch it game film mode, I don't need the Mannings droning on. Also, there's a million other way more interesting ex-football players. Wouldn't you rather have Marshawn Lynch do that? No, I mean, they don't have the job. They don't have the job. Um, he was on as a guest. I mean, he was funny. I, I wouldn't want Marshawn Lynch. I wouldn't. I, I, I think you have to, you either like it or you don't. It's right. you're not watching. I don't want to be distracted. I, I don't want to watch the Mannings talk and have football on in the background. I kind of, I like it having, I'm, I'm watching football. I, I don't hear the commentary. I'm not. And it's just, it's like they're in my living room watching the game with me. That's kind of, and, and I like it. I, I think they're funny enough. I don't need that from professional media. If I want that, I'll get a couple so, buddies to watch the game with me. When I'm watching a game on a on a service that I'm paying seventy dollars a month for, I want something professional added to it. But so then, don't watch. I, yeah, I guess no, no, like, don't then, watch. Yeah, that, no, no. I, I was watching it, it to so give it a shot. I, I'll blame you for two reasons. Uh, you've been talking about it for weeks, and I figured I'd check it out. And also, it's how the giant game got recorded on my DVR last week. So uh, I was sort of stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I think I, I understand what you're saying. If you're, if you want the professional commentary, you want Lewis Riddick, Brian Greasy, then watch it on the regular. Well, I want better than Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy, but yeah, I get, I get your point. I love Lewis Riddick. I, I want him to be the next Giants GM. I told you guys that I love Lewis, Lewis Riddick. He would be good. The pair I like were, were um, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, who did the Jets Chiefs game. They're good together. Trent Green's good. And Kevin Harlan, and he's he's underrated, but he's been around for a really long time. He's got one of those really super distinct voices. So, okay, I, I guess I guess we don't need to talk about the Mannings anymore. It would be fine by me because they get enough exposure. So that's the other thing. I think I'm just tired. I'm just tired of Mannings. Too many Mannings. I'll watch them on Monday. <laughs> and they're still coming. There's... As quarterbacks, I did not care for either one of them. But, um, you know, but now I I feel a little different. I, I kind of um, appreciate what they're doing. And, you know, it's they accomplished a lot, both of them. Yeah. 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 I mean, Peyton's last year when he was limping and won a Super Bowl, that was, like, pretty spectacular. But, he, but again, Peyton's last Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl win was kind of comparable to Brady's last year where he went to a team that was already right. ready and they just needed a quarterback and hadn't had one in so long. And I think, you know, and I, I'm glad he got that. I'm, Peyton, Peyton Manning is a, is a fine guy to root for, but I just, again, you just get tired of the white bread crap after a while. Anyway. <laughs> All right. What's, what's next on the list? What's uh, next? We do uh, Ruggs, OBJ, Ridley, Rogers. 
Let's do rugs because, you know, as tragic as it is, I think that'll be a shorter conversation. So Henry Ruggs, this second-year wide receiver out of Alabama, plays for the Raiders. Was it 3 a.m., driving his car, got into a car accident, turned out to be fatal. Um, what, was his, he, what was his speed? He was so... Does it matter? He was, well, I, wasn't it pretty sensational he, speed? It, it, well, I, I think it does matter. And, and actually, I was talking to my brother about this, who, who was a, um, a defense attorney for the state of Connecticut. So, and let's be clear, it was not fatal to him or his girlfriend. It was fatal to the woman in the other car and her dog. Correct. Yep. Yep. Uh, her, and it, it actually, I, it, I think it sounded like it wasn't so much the accident. It was the fact when the car burst into flames. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it's, it, it, I don't want to be downer and in, in getting into all the gory details, but it, it did turn out to be fatal. Um, it turns out that after the investigation, he was driving at 156 miles oh, an hour. Cool. Whoa. Yeah. I guess. And, okay. Sorry. I'm, I, I take that back. Okay. That sort of does matter. Yeah. No, that's why I couldn't understand why you said it didn't matter. That's yeah. That's out. Well, but I think, it ma- I think he's not going to be driving 156 miles an hour. If he's not drunk, that's sort of my point. Is that he, drew, he blew a, um, I think a 1.6, two wow. times the legal. Wow. Or, or I'm sorry, not a point point one six. Yeah. Point one six. Yeah. But sorry. still that's, that's much higher. So, so two times what's going to happen to him? So, well, this was what I asked my brother because, and, and I, he didn't know um, the Vegas, um, you know, laws and, and all that stuff. Um, I compared it to Stallworth. Remember when Dante right, Stallworth, yeah, yeah. He, he ended up getting a similar situation. He was driving impaired, driving under the influence, got into a car accident. It was fatal. He got 30 days he can never drive again. And, and there was another, some other Bunch uh, of restitution, a, a, a large yeah. payout to the victim's family. And I said, cause he was like, rugs is he's gone. He's like, he's looking at four years. And I was like, no way. Just comparing it to Stallworth. But times have changed. He, he thinks he's looking at years behind bars. Um, well, so the, there's, it's funny, like you, Dante Stallworth was 2009. The other comparable one was Leonard Little. I don't know, Matt, you might be too young to remember Leonard no, Little, remember but, yep. he, but he, he got drafted by the Rams and then same sort of thing and served. I don't think he served any jail time. If it was, it was as brief as, as Stallworth's and then came, came back and played 12 years, had a, had a mm-hmm. you know, uninterrupted NFL career. So you know, and again, there's the two the two things. How how much is the legal system going to punish him, and then how much is the league going to punish him after that? And and is the one going to depend on the other? In other words, if the if the prison if the legal system says you're you're going to prison for four years, there's no need for the league to to suspend him when he gets out. If he can have a career, he'll have you know suffered that. But if he you know if he does sixty days. Does the league then? So they suspended Little for eight games. They suspended Stallworth for a year. And so I, I don't know if those are the precedents. I would hope that, like you said, I, you know, I, things have changed since two thousand nine. I don't know if they've changed you as dramatic. You, the NFL might do more than two games for punching your girlfriend <laughs> unconscious. You know? Well, and here, here's the thing, right? So, so, and this, this is the, again the other of the football side of it. This happens, and the Raiders cut him within hours. But Tyreek Hill still on the Chiefs. Lawrence Phillips got a zillion chances with with the Rams. Lawrence Taylor was 
raping and cocaining his way through the eighties and the, the giants kept him around. I, I, you're all right. And I mean, and I made that argument, like it's, it's, it's hypocritical. Um, in my opinion, some of the suspensions with the NFL and everything, but I also, I, I do Henry Ruggs. I don't want to make him sound like a victim in this situation. He made a lot of poor choices, but I, and, and to your point, you're like, I find it, I don't want to make this guy, I don't want to compare the choices that Henry Ruggs has made to choices that Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, Ben Roethlisberger have made. Um, if does him, so should Henry Ruggs, if he's able to get back in the league, should he be able to? I, I, I yes. I, if he, yes, I don't, agreed. you disagree. No, I agree. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah, think, yeah, more definitely more so than than yeah than Joe Mixon and so, and, and so Ilk. yeah. I I think he made a really bad choice, and he's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. And unfortunately, um, you know, the the real victims' families, they're going to have to live with that as well. But whatever the legal system, whatever his punishment is there. You know, if it's if it's a year, I, I could see him coming back, facing a six-game suspension when he comes back, and, and and some team will pick him up. He's very young, but if he's out, if he's out for a few years, I I mean I I, it, I that's where I see it being a career-ending situation. If he's if he's in jail for two years, um, you know, essentially he's out of football for three years. That's just tough to come back from. And that's where 156 miles an hour might hurt him. Yeah. Cause that is yeah. going to hurt him in court when it comes to the sentence. Because yeah. they're there. And, and you know, like you talk about making a series of bad choices and the, the key one, and this is, this is the one I don't understand. If you're an NFL player, you've got all the money in the world. Right. Why are you, and this is why this is the answer in this particular case is because he likes driving fast. And you guys know this. I'm a track. Well, right. And that's the other thing he can afford to do, but it's not, it's not about that. If you want to drive fast I know these types of people, I, you guys know this. I'm as into cars as anyone, either of, you know, probably But with all that enthusiasm, I've never wanted to drive anything 156 miles an hour. No. There's so many things that would stop me yeah. from getting to that point. And I think, well, especially Matt, like on, said, a, on a, you know, public, public road. road. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that, like you said, there, it's not just one decision there. That night started with a multiple series by, by both him and his girlfriend who, yeah. who, yeah. you know, was sitting there next to him while he was doing this. So it, it but apparently had her seatbelt on, huh? Well, and it, that's exactly what my brother had said is that, you know, as the time changes, so he, that's why he didn't expect him, oh, 30 days like Stallworth. A lot has changed since 2009. It has. The fact that he was driving 156, he said, was huge. And uh, he did have a loaded weapon in his car as well. Oh, oh God. That he, that, you know, he was, I think, carrying because it was loaded, carrying illegally. Again, I don't know the statutes. Oh. And, and, right. And so I, th- I think, makes, I think with all that, I, all I that. Would- I would be surprised if he didn't spend three, you know, sentenced to five, served two and a half. And at that point, you're right, Matt, two and a half years. I think think an appropriate total penalty would be in the sort of two, two year range. So anything beyond that in prison, I think when he comes out, you can give him a a six game suspension. And, uh, but again, I, I, 
1998, Little got eight games. 2009, Stallworth got a year. So, you know, do the math by the whatever whatever property of whatever. You're looking at a two-year, uh, you know, two-year-plus NFL suspension. I don't know. What do you? Come on, Daryl. You teach second-grade math. What? Uh, what? What is this? What is that? Pro- you don't teach properties in second grade, do you? No, no. But um, yeah, but you know, no. I think it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm also. Can we also bring up the um, email stuff, too, on the Washington football team? I haven't. What's what else? What's what's new there? Well, what's new there is the selected firing of one guy. The whole that whole study was to check on Snyder. And you can't tell me that Snyder doesn't have damaging emails there, but the owners just protect themselves. And so no, they, I, just, I, they don't mind sacrificing a coach, uh, Gruden, but they, but you know, the real villain is Daniel Snyder. He's a slime ball and he's nothing's come out about him. That's what bothers me about um, that. They, and you know, whoever released Gruden's, I I agree with you that Daniel Snyder is a slime ball, but I also think that Daniel Snyder is smart enough to keep yeah, that possibly. stuff out of his out of his possibly. his NFL email. And I I'm all with you guys that I think that they should release the whole the whole thing, but it's going to take at this point literally an act of Congress. So we'll see what happens because we all know Roger Goodell doesn't know how to do the right thing. <laughs> Yeah, we can. We, there's. I think there's more. We can. I mean, I, I agree with you, and I don't want to get down that rabbit hole because no, there's no, more. Let's... More new stuff to talk about here. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron oh God. Oh God. Aaron Rodgers. What an idiot. I'm. I'm immunized. It's like, you know, what a horrible lie. And, you know, the thing is, he, in my opinion, he did himself huge financial damage. You know, he had untold opportunities when he finally uh, retired. And I just think he damaged them horribly. So that that was going to be my question to you guys. And it follows the rugs thing very well, actually. Have we ever had a player cause more damage to his off the field reputation with a non-criminal act. Why? See, this is uh, Ray Rice. I mean, that was well, a criminal right, act, he, though. Yeah, he punched his his fiance in the face. Okay, Rogers was misleading. <laughs> um, he, he, uh, according to the NFL, you could call me out. You guys. I, no, if no, I, he said, I am Im- immunized. 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 Correct. Right, and he I did that so he could evade the protocol. Right. And but, you know, put but, his teammates okay. in danger. Right, he, yeah. did not, he did not do what a non-vaccinated player is supposed to do. According right. to the league and the Packers, they have been treating him like an unvaccinated player all year. What we see in public, has, who cares? According to the NFL, which I am not, I'm not in the league, According to the NFL and according to the Packers, they have been treating him like an unvaccinated player all year. Why isn't that? Well, why isn't that the headline then? Right. <laughs> because that's not the headline. That's not. Well, wait a minute. Okay. But, I mean, regardless, but is he wearing a mask? Does he wear a mask? I'm, he would I'm have to. He would him. have to. I don't know. Yeah, he would have. He did not. He would. He did not. He would have to wear one. He would have to wear one in team meetings. Right, if he was. and he did not. He did How not. many team meetings were you in there with him, Daryl? No, I'm just from the reading I've done. Is it okay? He- so read, listen to Matt Lafleur. He came. He said, "Look, he, this is what Matt Lafleur said. 
I don't know what they do outside of our football space, but here they have been treating Aaron Rodgers like an unvaccinated player, according to the league. The league, we know what he said in a, in a press conference. I am immunized. That is a misleading statement to us. But according to the league, he was, has been treated like an unvaccinated player. Okay. Re- regardless, he he's still done the damage. I think, you know, it, it's one thing to be Kyrie Irving or be Lamar Jackson and be upfront about, I refuse Agreed. to get vaccinated and right. I don't, and I don't care what the, what the public opinion consequences are, whatever the consequences are from the league, from, from my fans, I will deal with. It's another thing to hide behind this, this stuff. And, you're talking about a guy who has had a pretty untarnished reputation as far as, and that's what I mean. It, it has as much to do with the the point he was at than it did with how far this should bring him down. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I, I agree. I actually, and, and you guys, I've kind of defended Kyrie Irving a little bit here. I, I give him and Lamar Jackson and any, I give him, I give them more credit than Aaron Rodgers, how he handled this situation. Aaron Rodgers tried to sneak around it. I give you that, but here's my question to you. Why should this tarnish his after football career? Like why? Because he lied. Yeah. I think it was a misleading lie. I'm immunized. No, you're not. You know, he claims now he claims that he's, so he has an other... allergy to something in the mRNA vaccine. He could have just said that. He said, listen, I, I, you know, I looked into it and I have an allergy to the mRNA vaccine, so I can't really take it. And I don't I also don't know that that the team didn't look back after the fact and say, all right, guys, if anyone asks He's been following the protocol. You're right. None of us were in those those locker rooms. We don't know. I sincerely doubt that they're going to make their franchise savior, who's you know who's again walking around using this kind of language. I I wouldn't. I'd be less than surprised if that was just a sort of revisionist. Let let's try and let's try and fix this one aspect of it. If nothing else, it's revealing some holes in how this stuff is being measured and enforced. Right. Yeah, and I agree. But I mean, uh, Daryl, who are we to say what he is or isn't allergic to? And quite not like, and this is, it's none of our business either. So if he didn't want to reveal that, he shouldn't have to. And this, that's kind of, I, I don't know, I guess. Wait a I, minute, look, wait a minute. I, 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 no, he, he has to because of his position. He has to be honest. And he went and misled. Again, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. That's not. Matt has such disdain for the media, which is funny because we are the media, that he doesn't think that lying to the media should have any consequence. Okay. Should you're, but you guys are saying that his consequence for for this means he shouldn't have a post-NFL type No, of- no, no. I didn't say that. That was my question. That was my question to you guys. Should it really impact a decision that he makes now – to mislead us, not his organization. Apparently, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm going to okay, go back. Right, well, let's t- leave that aside. Okay. Right. So his decision to mislead us should impact him in his post NFL career five to six years from now. I think no way. Depends no on way. what depends on that what what fit. that depends on what that career is. I think okay. So I think 
it will hurt his chances of being the host of Jeopardy because it has hurt public opinion of Mayim Bialik, who has also had some anti-vax sentiments expressed. It's going to hurt his credibility. This guy had a reputation for honesty, I think, that, you know, our, our best way that white athletes all get. You know, Brady has the same, gets the same default consideration. But I think, I, I think he's lost the trust of a lot of people, of a lot of fans. Look, I can't. I, I, how you guys feel, how anybody feels about Aaron Rodgers, that's up to you guys. And and I agree. I I give more credit and more respect to Kyrie Irving, who just flat out says, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not going to. Here's why. For whatever reason, he, you know, in his in his world, whatever reason that is, that's that's him. I, I give that more credit than the way Rodgers tried to pretend he was, but. You know, I don't think it should be held against him necessarily. Do you agree oh. that he misled the non-Packers community? That he misled the people outside his locker room? With his answers yeah. to the oh, question? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, okay. but again, but again. So, so, but again, you're, so you're asking me if I think that should affect his reputation in that arena amongst a bunch of people that he just lied to for months. This wasn't just a one-off, one-question thing. This was a repeated effort to conceal the fact that he was unvaccinated. And if he really thought, that's, that's the thing that bugs me. Like, if you go through all this effort to conceal the fact that you're not being vaccinated, what's the, what are you afraid of? Like, and that's where, again, same thing, same, you know, like you said, Matt, I give Kyrie Irving a lot more credit for standing behind he, his. He, he sullied his reputation. And so, it, it, you know, your reputation, like the Mannings, they've never done anything to sully their re- reputation. Right. And Irving cost yeah. himself a bunch of salary, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I just, I think, and I know we were, I think where we um, feel differently about some of this, but. I guess I'm not misleading me on whether you're vaccinated or not. Isn't necessarily the same on like misleading if you were involved in a crime or involved in a domestic abuse or involved in, in something illegal. Nobody's trying to put him in prison for this though. We're just saying that if he wants to have a career, if he wants to have a career that relies on public trust when his career's over, he shouldn't be violating the public trust when he's a player. Do you agree that this is a violation of the public's trust? I, I, yes, yeah, yes. Is he going to get a State Farm commercial? I don't think this is something that you can't come back from in six years. That's my point. Yes, he was misleading. He he led us, like he cares what we think about him. He led us to think he's vaccinated. So what? Like, I yes, he misled us. Whatever, like it, it hurts my fantasy football team value. Other than yeah, that, mine too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Other than that, I, I, this isn't a a politician misleading about some sexual scandal or some. Totally, it totally sort of, is. It totally is. No way. See, no, and that's I. I that's totally where I, I. No, no. I think. Well, I think it. I think it. It does. I mean, because put it this way: if if he had been more vocal about not being vaccinated, there would have been a lot more. Packers fans that would have not gotten vaccinated. So in that respect, I actually have to give him a little bit of credit because by keeping that stuff secret, he probably did positively impact public health. But again, if you're not vaccinated at this point, you're dumb. 
and that includes Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And I think part of it too is I'm I'm personally a little mad because I was a gigantic Aaron Rodgers fan. Yeah, he's a great he's a great field. quarterback. And it just like a, a like I re- always appreciate anyone who gives honest answers to questions and not just like a canned. You know, well, yeah. we played hard today. I like to thank the you know yeah. Motorola Ford team. You know, so I, I, I just I maybe if maybe it's only just a reflection of what happened to my own heart last week is where I had him and where he is now. So, as I showed Matt before the before the show started, my only note for Aaron Rodgers was a sad face. <laughs> All right, so we got 15 minutes left. What are we gonna? My last. The last thing I'll say, did he handle it right? Like, no, I'm I'm disappointed in how it it went down. I just I'm not gonna just think he can't bounce back from it so um do we want to call quick calvin ridley uh yeah nba maybe i'd be happy to talk about odell but um let's give a little background to our listeners of whatever we talk about let's let matt do that yeah go ahead matt i want to hear where this slant takes him odell yeah. <laughs> Tell us Odell Beckham's story, Matt. All right. Well, so here's here's a story as I understand it. Odell, and again, here's another franchise destroying themselves. Odell <laughs> Beckham has been unhappy. He's been underutilized as a Cleveland Brown. Um, granted, he's coming back from ACL, but he's been unhappy. Uh, he wanted out. The Browns could have traded him at the trade deadline, maybe. I don't even think they tried because that was their statement. And then the day after the trade deadline, you release him, getting nothing. So now the process of releasing him takes a negotiation because he is under contract and everything like that. So what the the Browns and Odell Beckham and his representatives, what they agreed upon is that they will terminate the last two years of his contract. And so right now he is on the waiver. If he is claimed, he will be owed 7.25 or or a little bit over $7 million for this year. After this year, he becomes a free agent. Um, If he is not claimed by Tuesday, he becomes a free agent and can go anywhere he wants. And the Browns That's pay the, the balance. So, and so if somebody signs him for $2 million, the Browns pay the balance too. The Browns would pay the balance of the 5.5. So somebody can sign him cheaply, and the Browns have to cover the rest of that, that money. Matt, you know I'm always quick to defend the players in situations like this, but I don't like the way he left the Giants. I don't like the way he's leaving the Browns. I'll well, what do you mean? He was traded from the Giants, so what do you not like about that? But I don't like the way that – I mean, he was traded because he wanted to be traded. I don't think he was traded as a franchise impetus there. I think at some point he went into a coach's room and said, I don't want to be here anymore. They knew they knew that – they knew what, was, what his trajectory was going to be, whether he went in and told them that or they could see it. I, I – that's that's what I got from that, and again, it was it was a while ago, but and I think you, you look at the 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 return they got, and at the time, people thought they didn't get enough. Now you look back at what he contributed to the Browns and what they got, what the Giants got out of that trade, and it's it's like the steal of the decade now. So a few things on that. I don't remember hearing, and it was a few years ago. I don't remember him wanting to be traded i remember i think him. he did i think he did well 
he he I don't I don't think so. Um, but I, I do remember him coming out saying the Giants thinking they're trading me to Cleveland will ruin my career. I'll show them. And he was happy to be with Jarvis Landry, who was his college teammate roommate at LSU. So he he was okay with that. Well, and Baker um, Mayfield too was the new he was the new hot thing. Right. I I as a giant fan, I didn't want to hate him. I kind of was rooting for him because at the time the Giants, well, they still are awful. <laughs> um, but at the time, I, I as a fan, my biggest gripe about the Giants was I felt like they didn't fight. They didn't try to win. They just looked like a team that we're like, ah, we, we stink. Odell Beckham was the one player I, I – liked that spark he i i like as a fan when my team loses the team i'm rooting for loses i'm upset i want the players to be upset right i want them to feel that yes odell beckham was the only player i was like well at least he's mad at least he's out there competing and trying um when they traded him i was kind of like i hope they get a lot for him oh they didn't get enough oh wait they did a good trade (laughs) i think it was a good trade history will say it was a good trade I'm not a big fan of the wide receiver diva in your locker room. I think that can be toxic unless you're winning and unless you have a strong nucleus of of leadership. The Giants didn't have that. The Browns didn't have that. Reports I'm reading now, though, is how Odell Beckham in Cleveland, they actually, him and Baker Mayfield didn't have any off-the-field issues. The issues were he stressed Baker Mayfield out on the field. Baker Mayfield... And you you saw his play improve without Odell Beckham because he was just able to play and not try to force things to Odell. I, you know, I don't know. I don't think he'll get claimed on waivers. Oh no! I mean, I think. Oh, I, I mean, I'm actually stunned that no one. I mean, he's, he's 29 years old. I'm stunned that no one wanted to give up a fifth round draft pick or sixth round yeah. pick for yeah. him. I, I will be surprised if he makes it through the waiver process. But I'll be see, surprised if he makes it past Miami at three. Let me, this was, this is how I understand it. Let me read, let me, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Cause I have it on my phone. This is how, this is according to Schefter in his reporting. Oh God. Insider bull crap. As part, as part of the settlement of the reworked contract before it was terminated, the Browns agreed to remove the final two years of Beckham's deal, meaning he's now scheduled to be a free agent after this season, per sources. Beckham had two years left on his deal. Additionally, any team that claims Beckham would inherit the $7.25 million of salary for the remainder of this season, per sources. The cost is considered high for a player that is now going to be considered a one-year rental with it the, right. being the last year. And you'd have contract. to have a lot of money available on your um, payroll to to fit a seven extra million yeah. in there. The Patriots so, don't have anything close to that. Well, you well, also have to be really close to winning now to yeah. want to get this guy potentially right. for right. one you're not, year. You're certainly not going to commit – I mean, unless he comes out and has 300 yards receiving in his first two games, you're not going to resign. You're not going to sign him to an extension, you know, unless he shows you something spectacular. I, you know. So basically, it, it goes on to explain the situation a little bit more. But so basically, if if a team is willing to spend the 7.25 for the rest of this year, they can claim him on waivers. 
once he makes it through the Tuesday waiver, because he hits waivers on Monday, once he, if he goes unclaimed by Tuesday, he becomes the free agent and can go anywhere. Yo, he's believe, going through the waivers. I believe. No, I, I agree. Go, I agree with Matt. Now I think he'll go through the because no one's going to pay right. seven no, and a half million dollars when you can get him for. It. I don't. I doubt that many teams have that much. Well, and especially when if if he's signing for whatever it's going to be eight games, he'll, he'll sign at the minimum. Because all he's doing is trying to get on a team. He will go to whatever team he's that's going to make him look the best. Because his his real gamble is to make himself look good by the end of the season in a way that he couldn't with Cleveland. Right. So I, I get that. Yes. Yeah, so I, thing, I mean, I, the only thing I'll say in his his defense is that he wants to be used, and you know, I'm it's like, I you know, it's like he just feels like he hasn't been used. So it's it's an odd situation. It's I mean, I, but I'm just saying I have a little more sympathy for him now than than I have in the past. At least it seems like it's a rare occasion where the team's kind of trying to do right by the player. The player's not bad-mouthing the team on his way out the door, and all three of us agree that it's okay. Yeah, but, but why didn't the Browns trade him at the trade the trade deadline? I think they tried, and no one at that point. I don't think, look, look who the Patriots got for Gilmore, a great player. They got like a sixth-round pick or something. I mean, I had, don't, you know, some some people don't have trade value, and he may not have had trade value. No, the Browns came out and said, we're not trying to trade. We're not shopping Beckham. The Browns, I, that's how I read it, because I, I was following. Well, are the Sixers shopping Ben Simmons? I mean, people want really, really big rewards for Well, players. the Sixers don't have to shop Ben Simmons, because I'm sure Daryl Morey's getting three phone calls a day about Ben Simmons. But he wants a lot for him. I, I can't imagine like he might want a lot now and the Sixers are, look pretty good. And that's this. And they, and this is something we're going to have to talk a lot more about next week because it's almost panic time in the NBA where, you know, most teams have played eight, eight nine games, which is an eighth of the way through the season, you know, 10th of the way through the season. And uh, the uh, Blazers don't look good. The Celtics don't look good. The Celtics locker rooms a mess. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting next two or three weeks in the NBA. Too early to talk NBA for me, just like you, Joe. And <laughs> oh, not for Joe, baseball. not for Joe and I. Too early oh, Matt, to talk no, basketball. Up is down, down is up. <laughs> it's uh, it's already been a weird year. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I mean, and Kyrie for God's sake. So Damian um, Lillard, Damian Lillard is shooting like twenty percent from three point range. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. he'll be fine. I'm. Uh, that's what we've been saying for nine games. He hasn't been fine. For he was nine. two. For, he was two for eleven last night. He's been awful. He'll be fine. Uh, I sure hope so, man. Uh, I sure hope so. The NBA, the NBA is a lot of fun this year too. I'm telling you, it, it, it's the games are fun. It's so wide open too. I can't remember a year like this. The Knicks where... are good. The Knicks the are Knicks good. Are great. They are great. Six and There's... three, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah, but they're just good. They they have a really good team and a good coach. Well, the, yeah. the other thing I think that that we've never seen before is they're about to be a lot of superstar players moved during the season in a way that we haven't never seen before. And the, the question is now, you know, like panic time starting soon, right? The next two or three weeks, these teams that are underperforming are going to have to start making moves and panic time lasts right up until the trade deadline. Like there'll be a flurry of deals between now and Christmas. And then it'll be quiet until March. And there'll be a bunch at the deadline, but this next 
I, I think we're going to see in-season player movement over the next month and a half, two months that we've never seen before. Let me ask you this though. And, and it's, I don't know. See, I, it's so early in the NBA, but what, if you are the Celtics or the Bucks, I'm looking at the standings right now. They're both four and five. Are you, what are you panicking about? Like you have to think that, okay, the Washington wizards, they're going to come back down to earth. Do you really expect the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers to play 600 ball all season? So well, just by default, like, yeah, it's it's early. So the, I, I Celt- the Celtics have real concerns, and mainly about Tatum, and just the fact that he doesn't appear to be able to average five assists a game like great players do, like you know LeBron's and the, those type of players that he wants to be compared with. But the other team, I think, is is in a much better shape. I think it's a good point, though, Matt. The, I think the panic in the West is a little more justified at this point. Yeah. yeah. Give me another couple of weeks, and you throw the Celtics in that same bucket. I think the Celtics are put themselves in the conversation because of the the locker room stuff, right? The, but their the last, the, the Celtics' stuff. last game was brilliant. They held a really good team to seventy points or eighty points, Miami, and they really did a good job. So who knows? We'll see. And I think I think if you're Milwaukee too, you know, you won the championship. So if you're but also Milwaukee's five, missing three big players, so I yeah. I wouldn't be so concerned about them. Well, that's true. There's been a lot of injury problems. The 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 Blazers haven't had any, and they're still you know <laughs> still struggling. And they they've got the problem too is they've got you know they beat Indiana last night to go to four and five, but now they go to L.A. They play the Clippers and the Lakers, and then they go to Phoenix to play the Suns. So are 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 you two sticking with your Lakers are going to go all the way predictions? I mean, not if LeBron can't stay on the court. You know, if you look at LeBron, he I mean he he's got so many miles on his tires and he's beginning to get nagging injuries that are not quickly taken care of so ask me for my nba finals prediction on april 19th that's when i'll be ready to make it that's NBA so finals far prediction. away <laughs> that's so far away I, I you know yeah i'm not gonna i'm, I'm not gonna jump off my prediction yet daryl because i you know they're five and four. I'm looking. They're fine. They'll be all right. All right. They're, half the contenders are going to have different looking rosters by that yeah. point. Yeah. Well, listen, we've done it again. We've uh, spent an hour barely touching on a lot of subjects, but we uh, enjoy being here and enjoy talking to you every week. So we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Download the podcast. Rate us. Review us. Love us. Be us. Be us.